Hello and welcome to Between Two Cairns. I'm Yochai. Hi, I'm Brad. And today, we're going to review unicorn meat. But first, let's answer a question from the mailbag. Good morning, Yochai. How are you? How's life? How are you doing today? It's not morning for me. I'm doing okay. It's Friday. Time zones, buddy. Yeah. It's uh, it's morning somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you having a are you having a good day? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm 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 I think this has been a pretty tough week. I've been doing playtesting, writing, and also writing. <laughs> so it's, you, you got a lot in the cooker. What? Don't just tell the people what you're working on. You know, let's get an update. I'm writing a really big setting that I'm also playtesting Karen's second edition for doing a weekly West marches. And so far it's been really great. Uh, I've, I've, I think it's worked out surprisingly well, both as a West marches sort of setup and also uh, in terms of the content that I'm writing for, it feels fresh and interesting and exciting. It just takes time. And at the same time, I'm working on rules for Karen's second edition that I'm then testing in the playtesting sessions. And um, I have to make a choice during the week. Do I work more on downtime rules or do I write more of this uh, temple that the PCs may or may not choose to go to? And that, that's is this uh, this ahead. West Marches stuff? Are you is this something you're planning to like? make it like a, a release so you're gonna put this uh, out know, or is this just for fun originally i had not but i have been writing mm. everything in the format of how it would be published like i've been writing it uh-huh. using th- my classic sort of uh three bullets and text sure, and sure. whatever and it's i'm finding it easier to write that way than to just write it as like a you know for funsies as you describe i i find it easier to write thinking about it as if it was going to be played by somebody else. Maybe that's because West Marches is a semi-public kind of thing. I have this website where people can go to and see all the denizens of the land and can see all the points of interest and can click on a town and see what's in that town and can choose what job they want to go to. Like last week, they had a, a choice between an expedition or dealing with the local mystery, and they chose the local mystery. And I wrote this sort of time loop scenario, which I'm pretty, oh, yeah. pretty happy about. Uh, and writing all that stuff in the format of a published module, I don't know, it just seems easier to do that if I'm going to be sharing bits of it as the PCs explore. So far, I've written a forest crawl. There's like a 15-point uh-huh. forest dungeon, basically, and that went really well. And then I've also written a... Well, I, <laughs> I used letters for the dungeon for some reason, A to I. So it's a smallish dungeon, but um, I've written a dungeon. I've written a number of... of outdoor encounters as you explore this ever-growing map and it's just it's it's fun but it's exhausting especially since i'm also writing other things and of course editing this podcast so yeah pretty overwhelmed right. not that interesting yeah. to be honest but thanks you for, need you need a break you need a I, well i go on a vacation in a couple weeks which is why i'm more stressed because i have to edit three of our podcasts before uh-huh. i go um yeah yeah well that's too bad for you but um you know <laughs> get back to get it. it done man that's not my problem you know just kind of you got to do it and how, how are you doing i'm fine thanks for asking what are we talking about today oh wow this is oh now we see i don't like to get into personal stuff it's i find that very prying that, <laughs> that question makes me uncomfortable okay so with all due respect let's just yeah, move on okay? okay i'm fine move goodness. on goodness uh, all right, so I'm going to little read the- too little too familiar. Here, okay, <laughs> let's keep it professional. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to read the first question. Thank you. This is the third letter we've read from Jesse A. All coming from the Between Two Karens Discord channel. Yes, friend of the show and Steely Dan fan. That's right, Jesse A. That's right. Another Steely Dad, as you'd call him. Yeah, love to hear from the Steely Dads out there. Okay, love to hear. All right, so Jesse Jesse writes. Favorite adventures that mostly don't take place in dungeons, so social faction play or overland exploration. Sure, yeah, there's lots of those. Yeah, I think you know the uh, the 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 older sibling of the dungeon, or maybe the younger sibling is the the hex crawl or the point crawl, right? You go outside, you're not in the dungeon anymore. Even though I think secretly, that's still kind of just a dungeon. It's just an outside dungeon, right? But anyway, that's the easier answer. I mean, there are differences. Sure, sure, sure. Walls, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we're talking about like a, a, a kind of a pocket space, you know, 
I guess you're just looking at it in macro. That's the point crawl or the hex crawl. So, yeah, there's definitely a, a um, healthy history of the fun adventures in that um, vein. I've had a lot of fun playing Hot Springs Island. Uh, I played probably 12 sessions in that one. That was a campaign-sized module. A lot of fun. I love that there's a player-facing, like, in-world artifact guidebook that describes all the flora and fauna. It's just a really fun way to get players to interact. Um, yeah, that's a favorite. Um, God, I also had a, a lot of fun playing World of the Lost. It's a African-themed, it's like dinosaur uh, hex crawl for, for it's a few years old. Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Um, enjoyed that game. Um, yeah, those are off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I think probably I would also talk, say Kidnap the Archpriest. Skirples. <laughs> Your boy Skirples. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> You're going to say that one? What, was, what do you have to say, say about too. I was going to say two. Tell me about that one. Well, yeah, go why, ahead. Why, why do I? Okay. Uh, well, so that one's kind of a trick answer because uh-huh. the city itself is kind of a dungeon, right? It's sort of I a mean, dungeon. these are all trick answers. Dungeons in Hot Springs Island. You know, what is yeah. this? We're, yeah. we're not here to enforce the rules. We're here to have fun. All right. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Oh. T- tell us about the, the, the Archpriest. Yeah. So basically. <laughs> You have been chosen as the party to go and retrieve this um, heathen. Uh, what do you call a, a, a priest who defies the church? A apostate. Like a heretic? An apostate or uh-huh. a heretic, right. Okay. So your job is to basically kidnap him. And it involves a lot of diplomacy and stealth and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I, I'd make the argument that it it's kind of a weird one because it's a city and there's a building and you've got to get into it and etc. Uh, it's kind of like a dungeon, but it's, it's the closest I can think of to being a, um, to using that same three dimensional space as a dungeon uses while also still being uh, outside. Uh, it's a good, it's a good one. We haven't reviewed it. Have we? I feel like no, we've only done uh, one scripples and yeah. that was, um, magical murder mansion. Yeah, that's right. Mur- yeah. Magic. Yep. That's right. You loved it. Um, I would totally, I, loved it. I would totally review this, but the other one I was thinking of is one that I have run as well. And also re- I wrote a review on bones of contention for this. Uh, that's where the wheat grows tall. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's by Evelyn Moreau and Camilla Greer. Um, it is a Slavic themed pastoral fantasy. Uh, I guess it's like a, an adventure site. It's really just one adventure site. What's interesting about that is it does have a dungeon. It's just made up of tall wheat. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's paths cut through the wheat and you have to get into the field a certain way and time is different in the field. And there's all this kind of interesting fairy stuff going on. What's notable about that adventure for me is that my players did not roll a single attack roll the entire time. There was a couple of, you know, saves, you know, jump out of the way of a fire mm-hmm. or whatever, but we, they did not yeah. engage in combat once in that adventure. Um, I really cool. like it. I think it's really thematic. It's got great art. I do have some criticisms of it, which you can see uh, in my review, but I think in general, it's kind of a nice small piece and it's a, it's different. It is, it is an it's outside really dungeon with paths yeah. and, and I, I really appreciate Evelyn Moreau's work. Uh, and yes, um, I think this is, Actually, I mean, Camilla Greer is also good. I have some of her small dungeons that she's done. But um, both of them together, I think, made a really good pair for this with the art and the whimsy and yeah. the creepiness and the sadness, but also hope. I don't know how to explain it, but it, that's a really good one if you haven't ever read Where the Week Grows Tall. Yeah, Evelyn Moreau is such a distinct art style. I really like it a lot, but it's cool when an artist is also a writer and you kind of see like, Oh, when like elements of their visual art, you can kind of feel that in their writing as well. It's like I feel like that yeah. with Evelyn Moreau. It's like, definitely it, true. Yeah, it reads like she draws, which is hard to explain. But um, yeah, that's like I feel like that's the mark of an artist. You it, can really just feel that. You know, it's also you know, it's as someone who does. I like a lot of Slavic and Russian folklore. It plays yeah. on that while doing original stuff. Uh, it, yeah, it's a really. It's a really good adventure. I yeah. I hope folks um, check it out. So that's that's my answer. Um, I agree with you yeah. about Kidnap the Archpriest, but I also enjoy uh-huh. Where the Week Grows Tall. 
Yeah, you know what? We also you got to shout out Toxic Wood too. Lazy Lich, we reviewed he, he, that. Uh, I haven't played yeah. that one, but I think that would count. I have played it, and I was going to mention it. Because you played Toxic Wood? I did. Oh, no, sorry. I played Willow. Willow, excuse me. Yeah, okay. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I always flipped those two. Which, Willow was first, right? Willow was, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Earlier. Willow is... You're trying to deceive me over no, here. No, no, no. I was, I was just to... confusing it, because Willow also is a forest crawl. It's got little towns and stuff. I don't recall yeah. having a dungeon. I'm thinking now. I don't it, it does. It has like the those like communist necromancers they, have like a dungeon. No, they're communist vampires. Wait, you know what? That uh, I'm getting Woodfall and Willow mixed up. Oh, Willow does have Woodfall. A Woodfall. It's Woodfall. Okay, strike this yeah. whole thing. Because Willow has There's a more There's three of them. Dungeon. No, no, no. Sorry. It's Woodfall. It's the one. Yes. It's the one with the anarchist fairies and the communist vampires. And yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Sorry. So. Yes. Woodfall. We were both talking about Woodfall, we were, but there is a little dungeon for the the, the communist necromancers have a the dungeon. vampires. They're communist vampires. I don't think so. Yes, they look like they literally look like Lenin and Stalin. There are necromancers yeah. who are like cool, but they're uh-huh. they're no. Anyways, <laughs> they're all mi- they are all a mix. But the only one I've run is Woodfall, and I ran that years ago. Um, yeah, when it first came out. But all right, let's move forward. Um, okay, great. Moving on. Okay, so what we are reviewing today is Unicorn Meat. So this is by Dan D, who folks might know from his blog, throneofsalt.blogspot.com. The art is by Rowan A, also at bottomlesssarcophagus.blogspot.com. Maps by Gus L, who everyone knows both from Dungeon of Signs and All Dead Generations.blogspot.com. A lot of bloggers here. And uh, also, uh, very good dungeon modules. Yes, Gus has also uh, done a lot of work, um, and we like him. He's been a guest here before. Uh, the, That's right. The layout is done by Dandy, which is, I think, pretty impressive. It's it's um, it's good layout, in my opinion. And uh, it's edited by Fiona Geist and Jarrett Crater, who I think edit almost every single thing that we review, it seems like. Yep. Um, the moon rat conspiracy. Now, notably, there is uh, sensitivity reading done here by Doubtful Gamer and Wizard Lizard. I don't know Doubtful Gamer. Uh, Wizard Lizard is a old friend, so um, uh, pretty cool. A lot of a lot of cool people involved here. There are also yep. uh, shout outs to beta readers and playtesters. I, I like seeing that sort of thing, and you'll see some some popular, well known folks there as well. And um, right. and it does this other thing. It lists the fonts. I love it. I like to see when we get yes. the list of fonts. Yes. I, always like I need that. to start doing. I that. always think I should do that, and then I'm like, yeah. why should I? I always forget. <laughs> it's, and I always forget to put the date too. Date's really important as well. I always forget that. Yeah, I, I like. I'm you know I like to see the fonts. Show me the typefaces. Yeah. I like them. I like that. Okay, I'll okay. look them up. So um, before you go into the synopsis, I would like to make. Uh, some space to talk about the third page of the module, which is called safety. Uh, it's a really nice breakdown of both safety tools and also the potential triggers that this module might uh, elicit in people. Is that the right word? Elicit uh, cause to come out of people. And, and there's a good reason for that. There's who just, we've been on a string of these kind of modules lately, but there's, <laughs> There's a uh, violence and child abuse and body horror and all kinds of just the sexual uh, trauma and assault. And yeah, uh, what's really nice about this page is that it takes time to say, hey, you can remove any of these aspects that you want. You don't want to mention sexual assault. For, that's just a part of a backstory. Don't do it. You know, it won't affect uh-huh. the adventure. Change whatever you want. Yeah. Make sure people are comfortable. And then it gives specific recommendations to remove other things and um around these sensitive topics, which again is very appreciated because this is a this is an intense piece of work we have here. Yeah, it's true. It's like sometimes when you get uh, a module that's really dark and gruesome and deals with this kind of content, it's I don't know, kinda you feel it's kinda played for shock and it's kinda like, you know has a certain swagger about it. Like it's kind of showing off and I don't know, kind of like, I don't know. Um, but this, it's cool that I feel like it's art. It's, it's artful. It's tasteful. And there is consideration to say, Hey, you can remove some of the stuff. If it's not your jam. It's not, you know, 
there's a certain uh, humility here that I appreciate with the presentation of this content. So yeah, that's cool. That's nice. Do you want to give the adventure synopsis? Yeah, I guess it's a hard one to talk about. It presents kind of two ways to run this. Either as an adult, outsider, typical adventurer that has kind of stumbled on to this kind of gruesome location, or an insider. And in this case, um, it is a child who is um, kind of trapped in this location. Um, so I'll try to speak broadly, but um, what we have here, this is a location-based adventure module um, based around a unicorn farm on the absolute edge of society that has been abandoned and forgotten by the like capitalist structures that powered it. And now it's been left to just left to die. And the only people that are here left are the um, children, all young girls that have been kind of enslaved as the employees of, uh, or rather the, the slaves of this unicorn farm. Um, yeah, it's it's um the unicorns are kind of hunted and then um processed in the farm itself. We get a lot of faction play. There's a lot of factions of um survivors here. Um there's a lot of navigating these factions. There's a lot of uh there's a great mechanic for going out into the swamp to hunt. And then you're kind of uncovering like what happened here and what's about to happen. And what's about to happen? Because yeah, there there is this is in flux, and there is uh, dark tidings that will um, a dark plot will happen if nothing uh, if no intervention is um, is taken. So yeah, extreme man. It, I I get like it's not like explicitly southern gothic, but I'm getting like flavors of like Faulkner, um, like just, like dilapidated plantation horror um just a lot of body horror stuff a lot of really uncomfortable stuff it's just the the the, uh, the children here um it's it's really dark content but i think there's some really interesting writing it's a really rich setting um often the writing used here is is very rich and very beautiful um but yeah, wow. I don't know. This is one you really just have to like steep in. It's there's a lot going on here. You have to kind of download a lot of info. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, can I stop you there before you give your review? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So I just want to talk about the physical layout first. Um, sure. I bought this off of Exalted Funeral when it was back in stock. It's um, a beautiful, I think, A5 uh, soft white book uh you know it's a uh, it's a uh, perfect bound and um easy to read large font uh it's about 100 pages but um as i said to you when i when, you, when i first suggested this you said 100 pages and i said well it's yeah it's, it's got like you know some of the spreads are just 70 percent of the pages an image which it's still a lot of words though you're not wrong but i was able yeah. to read it in one sitting in about an hour um wow and you know, that's more up to the writing because sometimes we'll review stuff and it will take me uh, it took me three nights to read Broken Heart of the Castle. And mm -hmm. part of that is because it's the small font, but part of it is just the way in my brain takes in information. I found it really easy to read this, which is very important because mm -hmm. of the full info dump that you are kind of absorbing as you're going through it. And and I have some thoughts about that. But we'll get into that in a bit. I just wanted to mention that um, there are there's an entire page of sort of suggestions on how to run the module um, overview. You know, there's recommended hacks like, Hey, you want to speed things up, remove this entire subplot. You want to speed it up even more, put these, put folks, the, put the, the party at this room instead of at this dungeon location or not dungeon at this uh, encounter instead of this other encounter. And that's on, that's on page 10 um, uh, or make this NPC still alive to give the, the, party a guide you know I, I, I like that kind of thing the thinking about uh -huh. how it could be run and it just shows you that it's actually been play tested which is not always the case um so yeah so, so yeah and then there's of course two scenarios for starting the adventure um mm -hmm. i think that's great that's helpful it did kind of throw me because it's it does do something that you see a lot in this adventure which is it introduces a term 
without explaining what that term is yet. Um, yes. That that, that, that kind of happens. I think you were alluding to that. That's it's pretty much happens right from the beginning. I'm not saying I know uh-huh. a better way of doing it. I'm just saying that that's just a reality. So um, before I give you kind of my take on it, I want to I want to let you continue and you you go on about what you were saying before. Well, one other thing I want to mention is that this um, this purports to be system neutral, but I find it's <laughs> it's really not that system neutral. I think it's a really interesting. I don't know. It's so interesting to see what system neutral. Um, games are actually doing here because this one is really like kind of bx D with like the nave inventory yes. system yes and then borrowed mechanics from like 5e dungeon crawl classics this is like a total inside baseball like yeah. smorgasbord yeah. of rpg mechanics that are just kind of tossed off as if the person reading this like knows all these systems which in this case like i, I do know what they're talking about but System neutral here doesn't mean system neutral at all. This just means I think the you know the writer <laughs> plays some some kind of smorgasbord of RPGs and assumes a lot of people do the same, which is fair. I think a lot of people do that, but um, yeah, it actually iterates on its own. It's like it says, okay, well, this is using a nave like inventory system. Also, you can uh-huh. get exhaustion in taking up s- slots in your inventory, which nave doesn't yeah. do. No. So it, it like yeah. adds it to. I mean, you see that in lots of games, but um, uh-huh. you're right. Though I didn't even think about it because I know all this stuff. So I, but I can imagine that being just another hill to climb for people. Yeah, it's funny. Like some people are so specific about system stuff. Like if you mention a ranger in like a system that you claim to be for OSC, they're like, "Well, uh, uh, rangers aren't in basic D and D." That was you know, it's but. You know, it's some people are so specific with like the rules right, listed here. Right. Um, and this is this very broad yeah. pastiche of RPG right. rules um, that works for me because I'm like, you know, I'm like sitting in a soup of RPG, you know, you know, awful and, and guts. You know what I mean? I'm like, I've I've killed the unicorns and I'm bathing in their in their flesh here. But um, yeah, like know what you're going to if you're like a purist. This is uh, this is that. Right, right. I mean, there's a, I remember there's a point where it says, like, this requires a dex check at disadvantage, which is right, which dex check and disadvantage are pretty uh-huh. specific. And yeah, it's, many yeah. systems have them, but not all. So it's, right. it's or dex save. There's something. Like yeah, at one point there's a save as well. Yeah. yeah, I've seen saves. And, de- and right. well, my understanding is that, you know, for. A lot of folks who've been playing D and D likes for a long time, they just kind of have uh-huh. their own homebrew D and D, which is which is great. That's we, we this, yeah. this is the way it should be, but they don't usually, I think, publish stuff for their homebrew system. So it's like right. it's a little interesting to be like, oh well, this, I guess this is how Dan runs things, right? And like me personally, I don't care. I'm not really looking at the system stuff when I read about a module. Like if I'm reading a Morkborg module, like I'm not thinking. How can I play this with Morkborg? I'm thinking like, right. How is this thing that I can just port it to something else? Like, I don't care about that stuff, but I think it's worth mentioning for all the people that do. Anyway, whatever. No, I, I, um, I'm the same way, except I do care, but yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. So, so what did you think? Uh, what are we talking about here? You were, I was trying to get your, I was trying to give you the table. You say how you feel about this. Okay. I think um, I really admire the writing. I really admire the setting. Um, there's a lot to discover. There's a lot going on. I love the hunt system. I want to talk more about that um, in a bit. Yeah, I knew. But, I knew uh, that you used, would either it, love it or hate it. I couldn't tell. I, it's it's awesome. It uses okay. a deck of playing no, 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 cards. We'll, you draw five. We'll get there. Whatever. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, love that. Um, reading it drove me a little insane because <laughs> I have a very analog brain. I read things like from. Point A to point B. I'm not, um, I'm, I don't jump around. And this book feels like it was written in like HTML. Like it is constantly referencing ideas that haven't been introduced yet. And it does cite the pages where you can read more about them. But I feel sometimes, even when I would do that, it would then reference something else. So it is right. leaps all right. around. Right. Um, it is a. Can I, can I just add to that? It sort of reminds me of. Have you ever played that game where you go on Wikipedia 
and you just click the uh-huh. first link in an article and then the first link in the next article and then the first link in the next and you inevitably <laughs> end up at like the Greek language or something like that's the, <laughs> the end is always like Greek philosophy is always like where you end no, up. Um, this kind of reminds me that because it's like I would be like okay page 81 oh oh but that says page 24 I better go back to where I was which was 22 and you know it's like it it, right. it is like how you say yes it like I had once I got to the end I had to really admit that for some people, this is fine. It is absolutely incompatible with my brain, though, and it made me insane when I was reading it. <laughs> I kept being like, what is the beast? What are you talking about? Like, I would, I wrote down a huge list of stuff that I'm like, there's a sentence that, like, I officially, like, lost it. Oh, man, what is it? It was like, it was like, she lives in the big house with the scrunts. And I'm like, what is the big house and what are scrunts? Like, we have not talked about big houses or scrunts yet. So... My my first like gut take on this was this needs editing. This I need to know what these concepts and ideas are. Like I want a summary page saying here's what all of this stuff is, and then we go into the details. But I've kind of come around to understand like because of the it is very cross referenced. This might not be bad. <laughs> it's just not how I read books, and therefore you know a different way to express information. Um, Still, I do think there's some places that could be tightened up. Like with locales, we talk about a tower and then like a few pages later, we talk about what's in the tower. I'm like, why weren't these together? Like just, I don't know. There's a few areas where it just seems like stuff is really spread out that it could have been um, tightened. But that's, that's like, you know, that's a problem one time. That's when you read the book. Once you've read it, like you understand it and it's a good adventure. Precisely. Precisely. Yep. Um, agree 100 percent is that you, you this is a problem this is the only book that we've reviewed that i read a uh-huh. second time after reading it because it yeah. just made so much more sense a second time and then it was yes. fine then it was fine but i I, right. I think if it wasn't easy to read and if it wasn't a joy to read that would have been much more frustrating um yeah. so i agree it's a problem the first time you read it but continue yeah but overall i mean it's it's really cool it is like such an awful like this is horror. Like the condition of these children, like forced to hunt and kill and slaughter and butcher unicorns in this like dilapidated like plantation is, it is so gross. It is so awful. And like, I think the art does a good job of making it lighter. Like it's very cartoony. These don't look like children. They look like the art is amazing. Yeah. I think it's great. Can you imagine if this had any other art, what what it would be like no. experiencing it? Because it has a ton of art. Every, I mean, there's basically art on every page and or every yeah. every spread has art. Every NPC uh-huh. is drawn. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's beautiful, beautiful color composition. There's blood on every page, basically. But it's it's really nice. I mean, uh, I but it has this childlike yeah. aspect to it while still being brutal, you know? Definitely. Like there's like these long limbed kind of exaggerated cartoony forms, but there is like a very visceral, like bloody drippy quality to it. It reminded me a little bit of the comic book Lumberjanes. Don't know if you've seen that one, Um, but it's that kind of like stretched out character design that I thought was a little similar. I Um, I want to point out one thing before I forget. So it's very readable font, very easy to understand. There were some uh blacked out sections of the PDF and yeah. also the printed book. Just so you know, there's nothing behind that blackout section. I did check. <laughs> I checked. I checked after your revelation of the bureau. I was like, oh, is there secrets? No, there's not. There's not. But uh, there, yeah. Other, but in general, it's very easy to read. The tables are really wide, huge margins. Yeah. You know, it's very, very easy to read, which is again why it's a perfect bound, not stapled zine. I think. Yeah, and uh, anyway, I just think the art really does a lot to make it feel more palatable. Um, if it's like rather than imagining actual like filthy like injured starving six-year-olds on a farm which is yeah, like it's pretty so sad and awful that like i cannot imagine wanting to spend you know an imaginary time in this right in this place. right yeah like like the fact that their children is tied into yes. the story so that they kind of have to be and we'll get into that in deep dive but Oh yes. boy you're right it's it's uh pretty brutal now I, we're taking up a lot of time on this so if you don't mind i'll give up I mean, I'm Please, saying I, I want to talk stuff in deep dive. So, um, if you don't mind, I'll give you my pitch. My get go. Okay, I think this is a masterpiece. 
I absolutely wow. loved it. I did struggle with the child children stuff and um, it's not that gruesome, honestly. I mean, it is, but it's really not. Not like some of the other stuff we've read, like Cavill of Sanctuary, my goodness. However, the if it was slightly better organized, if there was a, a cast of characters in the beginning, uh, uh-huh. if there were a maybe more expanded overview that explained things, it does have a timeline. And I know a lot of people have opinions about timelines. I personally like them if they're interesting. This timeline was interesting, but there's a fundamental question that I'm going to ask in the deep dive that I don't believe was answered in either of my reads. So that's that was one point of concern. There is a bestry at the end, and that's helpful. But I feel like if there had been just a page or two of bold referenced text, sort of like, Oh, scrunts, these people. Got it. Okay, now I know what that is. Just right from the beginning that I could just hold up and refer to without yeah. changing anything else. I think that would have been a big aid on the first read through. But after I went through once, not a problem. So uh, to me, I, I see it as a, a masterpiece. It's it's a great... I don't know what you want to call this. It's a... I mean, it's a module, but it's it, it, it really has its own feel. It's super critical of, of capitalism, yeah. especially, you know, early industrial capitalism. And I think there's also mm-hmm. some critiques against Christianity in there, but I might be um, uh, misplacing that. Anyhow, I, I, I thought it was really great. I don't want to say any more yeah. until deep dive, but that's my... No, it is like a very distinct <clears throat> setting. And even like the level of technology we see, it's very like modern. There's element, there's like train tracks and stuff like that. Um, this is not one I don't think you could easily insert into any existing campaign. This is like a very distinct thing of its own. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I feel like if people are into this, <laughs> if you think you're going to be into it, you're, you're going to be into it. Um, if it feels a little too much, which I think for me, it was a little too grody. Uh, I, w- I would never want to play this. It's just like too, too much, too dark, too, too grody for me. Um, but yeah, totally liked reading it. Well, I liked, <laughs> I like a lot of it. Um, and I don't know, it's, it is really well done, really interesting. It's a really unique vision and it's worth reading. And yeah, the, the, sure. the layout is really nice. It's, you could, uh-huh. I really feel like you don't need to memorize it. You read through it once and then you just bring it to the table and it would be yeah. super easy to do. I just want to give an example of it if you don't mind, since folks uh-huh. here like when I do that, apparently, uh, Okay, so this is for the Nightwatch tree. Black arthritic branches sag under the weight of mojos and fetishes. Stern grimacing faces carved into the knotted trunk are painted with chalk and ochre. It's great. I want to read one more, just if you don't mind. (laughs) Yeah. This one is right below. It's called The Witching Hour. The insects are silent. The horizon is a long-set sun's sickly orange just barely visible beyond treetop silhouettes. Dewdrops settle on skin in the chilled air. Space and time have flown far away. Anyhow, I really like it. I think it's, I mean, I already knew I liked Dan's writing because I've read his yeah. blog for years and it's full of good writing. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. And this is like, this is total, this is horror, man. Like this is not, oh, there's skeletons. You know, this is not like, like spooky haunted house horror. This is like nightmares. This is a nightmare world. Yeah. It lists true detective season one specifically. Yeah. Annihilation, low country crawl, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, unbearably hot summer nights with no breeze trees (laughs) that do not look right. Classic appendix and stuff. (laughs) Trees that don't look. right. (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, Yeah. One last thing before we deep dive. I enjoyed that the very last two pages are potential outcomes, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, Um, that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, You know, it's 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 appreciated. Uh, So, yeah. Unless you have any more comments, let's just deep dive it. No. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Okay. So hit the deep dive. Deep dive. See, now that I put the uh, deep dive sound uh-huh. in the direct sun made, you don't do your <laughs> ridiculous deep dive anymore. It's yeah, deep s- direct sun made such funny audio clips there. We just got to respect <laughs> it. Get out of the way and let direct sun cook, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. So the biggest question I had was, 
What happened to the adults? Yeah, that's that's really unclear. Because the time... Okay, so let's back up and say what's more about what the big picture here is, what's going on. Yeah. What do the children do to make them perfect unicorn carvers? Uh, so, okay. So the premise here is that unicorns will... Uh, the belief is unicorns will approach. They have an affinity towards um, the virginal young girls so they are the ones who are basically like kidnapped or taken from orphanages or whatever and forced to work on this awful hellhole farm um and it explains in actuality uh unicorns are just like repelled by orgon which is like the sexual energy of adults yeah um not just repelled it forces them into a rage yeah there you go um so that's why there's all these young girls here on this farm. The adults, um, yeah, basically this farm just became more and more unprofitable. It's a little unclear, though, because like the timeline, it sounds like the adults just left. Or they mutated. It's sort of unclear. Or they. Yeah, but then we find like some mutated adults around, right. which and it also explains if you eat certain kinds of unicorn meat. Yeah, it like mutates you. So, you get corruption. So they they. It references the adults disappearing like three times, and it doesn't really say con- conclusively what actually happened. Yeah, it does have a table of mutations, which presumably that's what happened to the uh, adults. By the way, one of those is <laughs> conclude that you were a unicorn calf that has lost its mother. Yeah. Geez. Oh, it's so gross. There's some really gross ones though. Um. Anyhow, yeah, I'm not t- sure what happened. Then that was my biggest question throughout. Maybe it's purposely left sort of vague in that way um uh-huh. insofar as the players are concerned they are there to find out why this dead girl showed up somewhere or, yes. or for any number of reasons that you also could play the girls you could play the, the right. children you play as like survivor girls and then their goal is to kill white eyes who is kind of the de facto leader of the um kind of most powerful faction the the bukas yeah she's terrifying her whole deal is to bring up about sort of an apocalyptic event which she's working on <laughs> let's let's yeah let's get to the part that you referenced earlier though about how you build the forest encounters yeah so um first of all this was not clear to me at all when i was first reading it says unicorn farm so i'm like where's the unicorn s- stalls right and then it seems like oh they there aren't any, right. so you have to go hunt them because then it talks about going into the swamp. So it's like, okay, maybe they're like chanterelles or something. You can't, you can't grow them in a factory. You have to go collect them in the wild. So, but then in the factory, there is some stalls where unicorns are actually kept, but I don't know if they're just there for processing. Anyway, there's a kind of like a few times when the book makes us kind of, um, it assumes you understand some basic concepts like this where I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So it's a unicorn farm. Like, so it's like a cow farm. Like, where's the where's the unicorns? But you know, it's it's not not clear. Anyway, let's talk about the swamp because I think the swamp's cool. You can go out in the swamp on a hunt. The way it works is that you have a standard deck of cards and you draw five, I believe, right? Right. So one of the currencies of this module is food because everyone's starving here. There's not enough food. So one of the things you're doing here is you're constantly spending rations to do stuff like rations are really like the the money in this module but it costs one ration per person to go on a hunt because it takes you all day and you gotta eat so you gotta spend a ration and you can go out in the swamp you draw five cards each card corresponds to an event in the swamp and there's a really cool variety of like stumbling on failed hunts that came before you finding items involved with those finding like horrifying creatures that live in the swamp and then also just unicorns themselves, which you can attempt to hunt and and kill. Um, Really cool variety. I think really like gamey mechanic, but it just like really hits. I think it works great. And I can see the appeal of just like wanting to go on another hunt, like the risk reward. Cause a lot of the events here are just like nothing happens. Like if you draw a two through four, there's, there's no event, but um yeah, you can find some really cool stuff in the swamp, too. What yeah, do you think I, I about thought it? it was great. It's a good way of doing things. It randomizes it while it's, you know, not making it too complicated. I like using cards to make things. I have a number of 
card based uh-huh. dungeon generators that I've used in the past. Um, either yeah. literally just using a 52 deck of cards that face cards equal one thing and numbers equal another thing. Um, as well as just like actual cards that have dungeon pieces on them. I like both of those things. I like that it makes the experience yeah. different. I'm not sure it was necessary, but I think it's cool. Like, it's so good that I can't imagine this module without it. Like, it's just such a strong section here. And yeah, it's not, like, essential to the story, I guess, but just as far as, like, negotiating the factions and acquiring resources and even, like, finding new locations, because you can find the caves in one one card will find you, like, an entrance to, like, a very important, (laughs) um, um, like, dungeon location, which is not the only way to get there, but it is one way. Um, There's just enough going on here that it just seems really really crucial so i love that i thought the factory there is uh i guess you could call it a dungeon um it's the kind of headquarters of the the buchas um that's pretty novel as well and the random encounters because there's just one it's this um the beast it's like this awful horse yeah. creature thing that just yeah i was actually there. about to switch to that exact thing to say that was an interesting yeah. one because this person who's guarding it hc wants to find this 13 hour clock um and it's yes. it's literally like, uh, let me see how many. <laughs> oh, the thirteen hour clock yeah, is but awesome. It's, the, it is really close by. It's in. Um, That's in the alligator's stomach, right? It is in the alligator's stomach, but it's at the who is at the loading dock in the factory. So yes. like. That's it's like really close. I just thought that was funny that you have this person looking for something that's like two pages later, which is cool. But you'd think it would be in the forest instead. Yeah. But back to the factory, I like the way that it handles that as a random encounter because it's it's not like a one in six chance of this thing happening. You just roll a die and that's how many turns until this thing yep, appears yep. and pops out. And it also says to treat it like it has four okay. pools of 15 HP each. So, yeah, so it can run away. <laughs> yeah, so you fight it for a while and then it runs away and it hunts you some more. And I really like that kind of... That, I mean, that feels like a survival horror video game where this thing keeps coming back. So I, my response to that was actually more negative in that I was imagining the players be frustrated. Like, mm. oh, we killed it. It left and it came back. Oh, we yeah. killed it. It left and it came back. Right. To me, that sounds like, oh, this thing right. is, they'll, by the second time, they'll, my players will have decided that it's unkillable, basically. Yeah. But maybe they should think mm-hmm. that. I mean, sure. it's just meant to stymie and terrify them. I don't think that is a fact. This, I don't think it's a, Location that invites satisfaction. I think it's supposed to be one where you're like hedging your bets. Like, can we get a little farther? Um, so in that sense, I think it works. Yeah. I also, yeah, you mentioned the 13 hour clock. I thought that subplot was terrific. Um, about like the weird, like pocket universe. Like it's totally horrible. Yeah. So there is this faction of like kind of um, guards guard children i guess who are defending against the monsters that come every night 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 night. (laughs) because you can't go outside these night night creatures will kill you but the night watch is a faction that have all cut out their tongues why did they cut out their tongues yeah they don't explain that they all cut out their tongues but their tongues are also magical because someone later has a stick with all their tongues on it and i don't i don't need that why are we cutting out their tongues that's yeah, yeah i think anyway. that's a classic kind of witching situation and since it's like a since the clock gives you access to the witching hour which i read earlier yes um, i think it's it makes sense it's just like a witchcraft connection but go ahead yeah well that's really cool there's this th- this clock that gives you access to that like the 13th like the secret hour of the day and if you have that you can potentially find where to use it to find this like weird pocket splinter of reality where an NPC is trapped. It's the upside down from uh stranger things. That's what it sounds. It is kind of, yeah. And there's like this primordial evil creature, like the shadow beast is there, which is kind of like the evil beneath all of the farm is kind of just there. Yeah. Again, it's Vecna. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like stranger things upside down. That's what it, which is cool. That's what it reminds me of. It's one thing this module I think does really well is it does this kind of like, you know, I hate to say Lovecraftian horror, but it does kind of tap into that kind of unknowable primal can't understand. Yeah. Unknowable horror lurking beneath everything without being like explicit about it. It's not like, oh, tentacle guy. It's just like once you start looking deeper, there's stuff you really don't want to see. I think it really does that effectively. Uh, What did you think about the spiritual combat? That you engage in with the spirit of the beast below. Uh, 
I mean, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like you use. It's like literal combat. <laughs> it's literal combat. You just use your mental attributes instead yeah, of strength. You know, strength index. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like what I would normally make a, like a, a will say, but it's basically you get spiritual HP. And if you lose it all, you're, you can't come back to the upside down, whatever you want to call it, the witching hour. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that. Yeah. yeah so do you have any other thoughts or? Um, I think I covered most of it. Okay. So I, I, I have some things. Go ahead. That I'd like to say. Um, I really like all the NPCs. I think they're very well drawn and interesting and terrible. Yeah. Um, like they're just, it's really sad. Everything is terribly sad. Yes. The picture of white eyes. Yes. Uh, is the second one that you see is it's nuts. That's the one on page 84. It's yeah. like, it has the, the, uh, how do you pronounce it? The Theocarnicus. Yeah. <laughs> and the newborn i'm glad yeah. that they didn't draw the newborn it is uh oof, pretty brutal but i love some of these illustrations um uh-huh. page 78 there's illustrations of the cave i think there there is a strong assumption that you'll play these kind of little kids as carver girls i think that's I think probably that the stronger strong... the stronger way to do it is play as right. the children right um right. it's it seemed it would seem tricky to me to understand how some of these factions would even interact with an outsider adult. It seems like there is such an insular, weird little family that hate each other here, and they're trying to kill each other. Like, what are they going to do with these new adults that come into the picture? Yeah, it also, it's, it, and there's some, it, even though it takes place ostensibly in, like, a newly industrialized country, Yeah, there's some images that, sort of belie that like the picture of white eyes the first one uh-huh. she's got like a barcode on her head yeah and a key card lanyard <laughs> you know yeah it really does feel like it could be more modern um so there's some of that in here which i think is is okay yeah um it's sort of all over the place so i feel like maybe it's either you play these girls and you don't really make the world clear or you're just like no this is a modern day thing and uh we're just gonna like go with that and we're okay with the juxtaposition of those kind of anachronistic sort yeah of things. there's even there's even a, a page so in the middle of the book there's a of things not featured in this module it's worthwhile right. worthwhile editions of things not featured, featured in this module satan <laughs> layer <laughs> of the lamb uh-huh. ufo sightings a baseball episode <laughs> Yeah. Choice selections from the SCP wiki. Biblically accurate angels. Yeah. I mean, it's not wrong. But again, like, I don't understand an editor that would say, this is a fine place for this. In the middle of the book, it's right. such an appendix. Right. Like, put that at the end. Yeah. Why is it, like, between yeah, it's, the hunt well, just and like, the factory? Like, it just right. doesn't belong it's, here. Right. It's very weird. Uh, do you know what that final reference there is? The Tamam Shud? Uh, no, I don't know what that is. So, have you heard of the Summerton Man? No. Do you know what that is? No. The, the, Tamam Shud is Persian for um, it is over. Like things are over. Uh-huh. And essentially there was this guy in Australia found in 1948 in a park called Summerton Park um, and in Adelaide. And he nobody knows who he is. He was dead wearing a business suit. And he was holding a scrap of paper that said in Persian, Tamam Shoot. Uh-huh. It, it, apparently, it came from an extremely rare copy of the Rubiyat of Omar Khayyam, which is like a 12th century poetry book. And it, it came from a very specific version. They actually found the book it came from. <laughs> and they were never able to identify the man. Wow. They still are to this day. They did find in the book, though. This is where it gets crazy. In the torn off book, uh-huh. they found handwriting in the back of it, and it's some kind of code, and the code has still never been cracked. Wow, that's cool. And this is wild. And and this is all real. It's called the Summerton Man. A person really died. They've still never identified him. Uh-huh. People have tried to decode this. It's like one of the greatest mysteries, apparently. Wow. Um and uh yeah, so I think there's even stuff happening like recently about it where people are like saying they've figured it out. And uh-huh. um, yeah, anyhow, I just uh, thought I would uh, point that out because yeah. it's kind of cool, a weird reference cool. to this super creepy 
story. Yeah, uh, I, it must be. It must. I'm assuming it's referencing this and not <laughs> um, it, the poetry. Anyhow, uh, yeah, that, that that's. Uh, that, I guess that's my take on it. It's super yeah. weird. I think it's really awesome. I think it's almost perfect. You just, just go in there and shuffle some pages, write a little. Uh, what's the opposite of an appendix? Uh, not an index, but just uh, an overlay that tells me who everyone is and what everything is in just yeah. two neat yeah. pages, and it would have made my reading much easier, but. After I've read it, it's no problem. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it, I wish it was maybe presented differently, but um, I do admire a lot of what's here, and I think it's a really worthwhile read. I think it was a cool, a cool one. It's a yucky one. This is another it's, another is. yuck city. Yeah. What are we doing, man? This is like we're, the second that I, I recommended that's been yucky. I know. Is... And then we're like, what should we do next week? And we're like, how about this Morkborg thing? I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's it's true. We have a, we have some breaks coming. It's all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All good. That's right. Um, we, okay. We, well, we love we love it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Between Two Karens. You can reach us at between two Karens at gmail.com or go to our Discord channel on the Karen Discord. You can go to our Patreon and give us some money if you like. Any amount of money, we don't care, and uh, we'll send you stickers and a picture eventually. Uh, that's at Patreon.com/slash Between Two Karens, and that's about it. Thanks yep. everyone. Keep keep dreaming. Keep believing, you know, shoot the, shoot the hoop, you know, shoot those three pointers, you know, don't go for the easy layup, go for the big ones, baby, half court three pointer, okay, you can do it, I believe in you, all right, you, you can win the game, that's right, you can make the winning basket, and, um, and good luck with, and good luck with that, and, 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 uh, and do your best also, thank you for listening. <laughs> And uh, I also and I also like to say one more thing, if I may, uh-huh. one more thing, and that is, um, have a have a great rest of your summer. You know, have a great summer. That's that's really important to do. Okay. Summer is almost over, baby. You know, I'm seeing the back to school shopping ads. You know, treasure treasure the memories. Okay, savor I, the I, flavor okay. also, and that's it. Okay, and, and okay. that's it. Bye bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye everybody. <laughs>